Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. How in the world do you fit something as vast as God's love for us into 30 minutes? How do you do that? It's like trying to fit an elephant into a teacup. Right? So let's come at this from a child's perspective. Glenn, age seven, if falling in love is like learning how to spell, I don't want to do it. It takes way too long. Rebecca, age eight, when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands have arthritis too. Billy, age four, when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You know that your name is safe in their mouth. A four-year-old. Chrissy, age six, love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. Terry, age four, love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Danny, age seven, love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him to make sure it tastes okay. Nika, age six, if you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend you hate. <laughs> Noel, age seven, love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he wears it every day. Tommy, age six. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends, even after they know each other so well. Claire, age six. My mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anybody else kissing me to sleep at night. Elaine, age five. Love is when mommy gives daddy the last and best piece of chicken. Jessica, age eight, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot because people forget. <laughs> Children are brilliant. You know, at my age, you'd think that I would know a few things really well. Things about love and life and, and all that stuff. But I'm not able and neither are you, to humanly understand the vastness and the incredible love that God has for us. And I'm still learning. I'm a lifelong learner. What I do know is where to go to gain that understanding, and that is in God's Word. So I'm going to let God speak for himself on the subject of love. We're going to be doing a lot of scripture reading. The message translation reads Ephesians 1 through 4. <clears throat> Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. You know, God has always been God. He will always and forever be God. The Bible tells us that God is love and therefore God 
has always been love, and he will always be love forever and ever. And God made us, made us, he created us out of his great love so that we can be loved and love. We are designed and purposed to love from the very beginning. And we were purposed and fashioned by God, the God of love in our mother's womb. You might want to read Psalm 139 to find out how much God cares for you. From the moment we're born, we crave love. Theologians have dissected this funny little thing called love, and they've put a name on four types. There's eros. This is the romantic, reserved for marriage kind of love. I have to have you for my own kind of love. The next one is storge. The kind of love is a familial, familial love. It's a mom and her baby. It's siblings in your family. It's a belonging and cohesive love, protective and devoted. Then there's Philea, a brotherly love based on friendship, unity, and common experiences. And then the last one is agape, God's kind of love, the ultimate, the divine love that God has for all of humankind. It is complete and unconditional, everlasting, pure, it's perfect, and it's sacrificial. And Jesus demonstrated that kind of love, that sacrificial love, by dying on the cross for us. He would rather suffer death than go to heaven without us. He wants us there. John 15, 12, 13, Jesus says, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And Jesus calls us his friends, and that is exactly what he has done for us. He gave his life up for us as a sacrifice. First Peter John, excuse me, First Peter 4, 8. I really need glasses. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now I have. Have you ever had your heart broken? Whether it's a family member, a friend, the church, yes, it even happens in the church, a business associate, or someone you think is the one for you. They took your love and they polarized it. Have you noticed that our love problems happen within our relationships here on earth? That's why God addresses first our relationships, one with each other and one with himself. What I have learned is the best thing you can do in a situation like that is to forgive as quickly as you can and then allow the love of God to heal your heart so you can love again. Because God lives in me by his Holy Spirit, I am thoroughly equipped to be a conduit of love, God's love for others. My love can be lavish, it can be reckless and constant, it can be unfailing, and it can be powerful if I choose to love others as God loves me. 
and you can do the same. I once heard of a woman who was picky about how she kept her house clean. One day her husband came home from work and unknowingly tracked dirt into her spick and span floor. She was so enraged that, e that, that, that evening she fixed his supper but did not eat with him. And for the next 20 years, he sat alone at the dinner table. <coughs> they did not talk. They did not sleep or walk together ever again. Do you hear that clanging cymbal and that gong of the noisy gong that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about? 1 John 3, 14 tells us that anyone who does not remain in love remains in death. Well, here's another story. One of my favorite stories about true love, and it's opposite of the last one, is one of a, of a uh, young married couple. The wife had awakened in the hospital from a terrific car accident. Her husband rushed to be with her at her side. But the doctor caught him at the door and he said, your wife has, has sustained some injuries and there's perfect, permanent nerve damage in her face. The young man steeled himself for what he was about to see. There lying in the bed was the wife he adored. Their eyes met. It took him just a breath before he came to her side and he leaned over her and contorted his mouth so he could kiss her perfectly. There's three things that I learned from that, and that is that this young man appeared when he was needed. And he adapted himself to her need. He adapted his lips so that their, their kiss could match perfectly. And then he assured her of his love. You know, Jesus did that same thing for us. He came to us in our time of need, which is every day. He left heaven's throne and he contorted and he adapted himself to our limitations. He came as a little babe lying in a manger. That's why we celebrate. He loved us so much that he assured us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. And he promised us that nothing could separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He gave us eternal life. That is the ultimate God kiss. Love, true love, is not temporary or transient. Love is a commitment that is meant to last. Love is not based on everything going right or always being happy. As a matter of fact, human love sometimes wears really thin and sometimes it disappears completely. Real love is not an emotional feeling but rather it is a choice of the will. It's a determination to do what God says to do. We are to love others as God loves us with an unfailing love that never ends. Now in 1 Corinthians 12, God is talking about giving the body uh, these spiritual gifts and we are to desire them but we are also to desire something more, a better a desire. It's more important 
He says, more than desiring any of the spiritual gifts that equips the church to be the body of Christ. He says, and I will show you a more excellent way, a more desirable way. And that way is the love chapter found in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. Oh my, and the print is so small. Can I have someone come up and read for me? Thank you. <coughs> oh, if I'd seen that before you asked, I mean, I could, <laughs> that is. That is. <clears throat> if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I am nothing but a creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all the mysteries and making everything plain as day, if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but don't have love, I am nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake of being burned as a martyr, but don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more of others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, and doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of sins of others, doesn't revel, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, Puts up with anything, trusts God always. Always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's the important thing. The most important thing, the more desirable thing that God has for us to love. From the beginning, God wanted us to live a life of love, so much so that he commanded it. He made it a rule for us to live by. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second commandment is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. That's Mark 12-30. So now, Kelly, would you come up? And you're going to read um, 1 John 4, 7-21, and I have it. You might want to bring your glasses. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Can you keep going through the whole thing? Okay. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see. And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. So on that note, I'm going to read a portion of scripture because I wrote it in big font. <laughs> This is my prayer, Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should should know how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power and work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. One thing I have learned uh, being a child of God and trying to follow his ways is that with God you can do what seems impossible. You can love the unlovely and you can be generous to those who spitefully use you and you can forgive those who hurt you and break your heart. But without God's love you can do nothing of heavenly value. So let's bow our hearts and, and pray. Lord God, I just thank you that you've given us this opportunity to learn about your love. Now, Lord, I ask that you would help us to experience that love on a daily basis.
Because we have the Holy Spirit in us, we are more than equipped to love this, the way that you love. The way that you love us, Lord. You want us to love each other. And so, Lord, we ask for more of your Holy Spirit, more of your Holy Spirit to overflow in us, that we might be a representative of your love to this world. And I just thank you, Lord, for each one here. Bless them mightily. Bless those who are watching. And, um, Lord, I ask you to bless our worship team. Oh, my goodness. They lead us right into the throne room of God, where there is nothing but love. And I just thank you for that. We look forward to that hope, the hope of your glory. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.